What's up everyone, welcome to episode 19 of the Noise Podcast, brought to you by noise.co.uk. I am your host, slash your boy, Chris Pugh, and I'm joined by my very good friend, Mr Cynical himself, Samuel Lewis. Mate, how are you? Apart from the fact that I'm really depressed, I have to go back to work tomorrow, um, back to the throes of education. I am, I'm very well on this Sunday, I'm doing okay. I was literally just about to bring that up, this is your last day off, isn't it? Before you're back uh, in it, it is, it is, yeah. Back um, back at it with the uh, with the delightful children. Mate, you know what? I, I don't know if this is just my selective memory, but I really feel like when we were at school, we went back at a later time in September. Or has it always been the first week of September and I've just forgotten through the years? No, no, it has been the first week of September. It's just the tends to be in set days. Now, ah. I'm back I'm back tomorrow. Um, year seven are back tomorrow at the school that I work at. Everyone else is back the following day. Right. So that so it's very often that you have like inset days at the start of a school year to integrate the teachers. Um, but the kids aren't usually back until like Tuesday or Wednesday. So right. it's like third, fourth, fifth, sixth, that sort of time is when you really sort of get them back into the groove. But I personally am up early and pretending to pay attention to boring meetings from like half eight tomorrow man first day for year seven i remember my first day of secondary school i was fucking shitting bricks man it's uh it's never a pleasant experience is it i mean uh it's it's worse in your head than it ever actually oh is. yeah yeah you know the, you know but the it's like that walk up to school is unpleasant yeah because you it's just there's no comfort but this, it, you know what? The thing is, is, it's exactly the same for me, a 26-year-old male. <laughs> no, you've um, got all 15, these fucking years. Yeah, 15, 15 years into secondary school. I've never not gone back to school in September. <laughs> I've thought about it. It's like whether it's been at uni or in there as a teacher. Oh, shit, um, yeah. I've never left education in one way or another. So I have always, yeah. since I was five, always had this horrible, creeping, tingly, feeling of like nerves and sickness and every time it gets to the end of august and you know what chris i'm, I'm already sick of it mate already speaking of creepy and tingly we're going to be reviewing a new tool <laughs> record on this episode <laughs> of the noise podcast all the time <laughs> we should just end it. we should just end the episode there actually that's our review <laughs> creepy and tingly. <laughs> this is a review special of the noise podcast actually we're going to be reviewing the new album from wage war and tool now wage war I did mention this we were supposed to be reviewing a couple of weeks ago but the album got put under embargo so we had to wait until we were going to do an episode where we could include our review on so uh, wage war's new album pressure and tools and fear and knocking which are both out now we're going to be reviewing those if this is the first time you've ever listened to us we are usually a fortnightly podcast, but the way the albums have been dropping these last few weeks, we've pretty much been a, a weekly podcast. You can find us on YouTube, Stitcher Radio, Audio Boom, or Apple iTunes, pretty much everywhere you can find a podcast, we will be there. Be absolutely awesome if you could give a like to the video and subscribe to us on YouTube. We are uh, at 91 subscribers now, so we're nine off 100, uh, which was good, which, as I've mentioned a few times, was actually the goal that we set. Uh, last week episode. We broke down the new album from Not Loose for you and Sam's greatest metal album of all time. This continued as well. And we had some chat on the news and Ozzy Osbourne, which was... Uh, I was I'm still reeling from that chat on Ozzy Osbourne, man. That was a, that was a fun time. <laughs> At the moment, coming up for next week's episode, there's so many albums that are out in the next couple of weeks that I've actually really found it difficult to decide what we're going to be reviewing. So I know we're definitely going to do the new Being as an Ocean album next week. Which I, is is you know I'll tell you right now for me I think it's pretty special and then I'm going to look through and decide what else we're going to be reviewing as well. So because the portraying the martyrs album is out in a couple of weeks as well and I was thinking about us doing that but you told me the other week on here actually you were like I'm a bit punch drunk with metal so I'm going to try and find... yeah death metal specifically we've done a lot of that haven't we yeah I'm I'm going to try and find something a little bit further out there than uh, Betraying the Martyrs, because they're not death metal, they're like metalcore, but we've done a lot of that this year, so I'm, uh, I'm going to try and find something a little bit different. You can head cool. to noise.co.uk for all your latest news, reviews, interviews of the bands you love, and the bands you don't know about yet. Sam, you ready to crack on here? Absolutely, I can't wait for this today. So Wage War's third album is called Pressure. Now, I believe I've actually known about Wage War for a fair bit longer than you. I think your first real exposure to them was when they supported of Mice and Men, right? 
Yeah, I'd heard a couple of singles, um, but nothing nothing really major until we went to saw them live, and then after that you sort of go back and do a bit more delving. I remember quite evidently, because it was the first time I'd seen them live as well, and it took us about two minutes to say, man, the rhythm guitarist and the, the clean vocalist, he's absolutely astonishing. And which yeah. he is, his name is Cody Cristad, um, and he plays quite a large role in this album, which we're gonna, I'm sure is going to come up when we're delving into it. So this is their third album. What did you think of the previous two, if you have listened to them? Have you ever like really delved? Yeah, I, I've, I've, I have. I've listened to the previous album. I liked them, but I always felt that they were a little bit, um, they're a little bit raw, a little bit undermixed, uh, a little bit not underwhelming as such, but that I think I always left a little bit on the table. And with Wage War, I enjoyed them, um, nice and heavy. Uh, but after a while, I can find myself feeling it's a little bit samey and things like that. So a band with lots of potential. Um, but in the first two, that they definitely needed this album to be a marked step forward, I think. So for me personally, I think there is a cacophony of, I'm going to call it modern metalcore, because classic metalcore sounds completely different to what modern metalcore sounds like. So in modern metalcore, there is now a huge list of bands that do the heavy screaming in the verse and try the melodic the melodic chorus vocal and they try to make that blend like sound as massive as possible and i think wage war are one of the best at it if not the best actually in in in, in the terms of after austin carlisle from rise of men and the the uh, the clean vocalist for of uh, Men's first album, whose name does actually escape me at the moment. I think since then, Wage Roar are the best band that have done that kind of blend. And Blueprints, I thought, was absolutely excellent. And I really, really like Dead Weight as well. So with Pressures... Well, Pressure, sorry. I went into this album and I thought, right, okay, so... Dead Weight and Blueprints pretty much sound similar. There's not a massive deviation yeah. in terms of style there. And when a band's coming to the third album that are like Wage War, you think to yourself, are they going to try and take a step up and go a bit further with this? Are they going to try and play it safe? I'm just one of those bands that are, yeah, we're metalcore. We're going to do the best we can in this genre. We're going to keep it pretty much structurally the same. And we might do the offshoot of something different. But pretty much we're going to stick to the same blueprint. No pun intended. And yep. as it appears to be, they have taken a step into a somewhat different direction. Not massively, but there has been a pretty noticeable change. Now, I remember when they released Low, which was the first single from this album. It was, I think that was a song that was released to let the pre-existing fans know that there isn't going to be a massive deviation. And then once they started releasing singles like Who I Am, Me Against Myself, that's when people could probably have foreseen there might have been a slight different twist to the wage war that they already loved. I will just quickly pass to you and say... When you first listened to this album, what was your immediate thoughts? My immediate thoughts was it was very, very well polished. Um, the first impression that I received here was that it was a well, it's, it's a well put together album. The songs are well structured. It sounds, and I don't mean to be disparaging to the previous two albums because that, that's not a sort of situation I want to put myself in, but it sounded much more professional. It sounded with a real sheen. Uh, it sounded clearer. It sounded cleaner. Does so polish def- help Wage War for you? I think with the direction that they've gone in on this album, I think absolutely. Um, I think the raw mixing style suits Knocked Loose. Um, but the direction that they're going in with the, the blend of the vocals and the, the heavy bits and how that is continually starting to ease up uh, or heart or like reach like an an equidistance it seems to be half and half moving forward i do think the polished feel to it does actually help um because i felt at times with previous wage war songs you really had to turn them up 
um, to really get that sort of thrust that the songs actually deserve. And I don't feel that you've had to do that this time. So I say my first impression after hearing it was just it was a, it's polished. It's a clean record. It's well packaged. It's well put together. And it sounds very clean, uh, metaphorically and actually. So when you listen to this album, it becomes quite clear that there has been a hierarchical change in the sense of I always used to find the split between Wage War could just about be 50-50 in terms of vocal presence. Yeah, that's that's changing now, isn't and it? And that, that has changed uh, somewhat quite dramatically, actually, I would say, on this album. I didn't expect that the change that we are listening to here would have happened so rapidly because I thought they may have just tried, maybe for another album or two, of to given Britton Bond, who is the quote-unquote heavy vocalist, still the most of the reins. But here, it's pretty much fair to say, isn't it, Sam? I think Cody is actually the lead vocalist on this album. Oh, 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 oh absolutely. Um, the heavy vocalist is complimentary. <laughs> Which he, is He's bit, adding bits. Uh, it's a bit strange, isn't it, that? Because... When you watch Wage War live, obviously Cody is the rhythm guitarist, so he, at least he's got something to do <laughs> when he's not doing his vocals. But yeah. for Britain Bond, if if Wage War are going to play like a lot of this album live, I, I'm not sure what he's going to be doing on stage for a lot of it. Someone like, give him like, a tambourine or something. Like, like, seriously. Apart from potentially adding in some growls in areas that there aren't on the album... I'm pretty much thinking I'm not sure what he's going to be doing (laughs) while they're on stage if they're playing a lot of material from the new album. I'll put this to you as well. Does the album leaning more towards Cody help the album, in your opinion? I think it depends what they want. And I I personally think it... I'm, I'm surprised to say that I think it works. I think yeah. it's a good. I think it's a yeah. I think it's a good album. I think the songs are really powerful, and I think, um, let's be frank. Unless you are a top of your game metal band, then the best way to go to achieve sustainable success is to create big choruses that sound great live. Yeah. Because uh, and 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 not, nothing against Wage War, but they're not they're not ever going to be Slayer, Slipknot, Thyatis Murder, or Lamb of God. Where they're, they're where they're acquiring like a, a die-hard metal following, where fifteen thousand people are seeing wherever they go. I can't see that in their future. I can't even see an architects type of metal fandom in their future. Um, but what I can see is a situation where they're like a big-sounding hard rock band, they have a couple of big hits that connect with people in nightclubs and play live, and they get some on festival bills and. That's the that's the next step because they have rightly or wrongly identified um, their clean vocalist as the key that will unlock radio airplay, or the key that will unlock Spotify, or the key that will unlock um, the remainder of the hard rock and heavy fan base. Because as much as we disparage them, there's a reason why Five Finger Death Punch are absolutely massive, and it's not because they're heavy. It's because the clean vocals are actually very catchy and some of the choruses are fucking huge. And I think Wage War have just chosen that path. Some bands stick on the, we're going to play breakdowns and play it, play in front of a thousand people. And other bands say, we're going to, you know, we're going to go down this sort of bare tooth, enter Shikari, almost big chorus style. And that's the avenue they've chosen. And I think it works. I think it works. I think as well, I think as well, just speaking from what I imagine to be the experience in the actual writing element to the studio, right? If is it Cody, the bloke's name, the vocalist? Co- the... Cody's the uh, clean vocalist. Clean vocalist. I don't right, like yeah, using cool. the words clean vocalist, but I really can't think of any other way to describe him. <laughs> okay, well we'll call him. We'll call him the, well, the, the the rhythm guitarist slash vocalist, whatever he is. You know, the auxiliary member of this vocal duo or whatever. But um, if he's coming into the studio and he's the guitarist as well. And he's got lyrics and a melody and he's already written the chords. That's 70 percent of an already written song. Right. It's very easy to then piece that together. Yeah. Yeah. So if Britain comes in and he's like, I've got the lyrics and I've got to growl them to you 
and then you have to write the chords and then we have to structure the song and then we have to write a chorus to figure you in. That's a lot longer process. And just practically, if Cody's gone home and he's come back six months later, he's got, I've got 10 songs. Then that's kind of usually how that goes. Just is. I've got 10 songs. I have big choruses. We'll, we'll have them done in six months. Record label's going to love it. The band are probably like, yeah, let's go for it. You know what I mean? Like, I can, you can just see how that progresses from A to B here. And while I really feel for Britain a little bit, because uh, you're right, like, my man's going to have to learn how to play fucking bongos or something um, to, like, make this make this figure out when they play live. But we, me and you said, before even this album came out, the vocalist slash rhythm guitarist is the talent of this band. And that's being maximised on this album. And I think to good effect. My only concern is that the more they delve down this road, the more they'll lose their individuality. And they'll stop sounding like Wage War and they'll just start sounding a bit like everybody else. Do yeah. you know what I mean? They go down like a bear tooth root. And bear tooth just sound like, a, now just sound like a cocktail of every hard rock and pop punk band you've ever heard in your life all at once. Yeah, I've completely lost my interest in Beartooth because... Because they just sound generic, don't they? They're just yeah. fuck all about them. And and that's the thing. With Wage War, I, I particularly enjoyed Wage War as a metal fan because when the vocalist does that whole blech thing, it Fucking sounds nasty. like it's horrifying. Yeah. It, it really accents. And there's one on this album. Yeah. There's... And it's disgusting. <laughs> I'm so pleased about it. Um, but yeah, so they've gone down, they're going down the big route, they're going down the big choruses, we want to play academy shows, and, and, and I think that's fine, and that's absolutely fine, I'm just worried that they'll end up being really bland, if they keep doing this, that's all. You mentioned an interesting point about size there, and that you, you don't think they'll even ever achieve an Architects fandom, which obviously... It's difficult to get to that level because architects are absolutely fucking huge. But I do think that with them, Polaris, uh, Berry Tomorrow, Thousand Below, I think they I think they could have reached Berry Tomorrow status. And I think they could have potentially reached it yeah, quicker, I agree there. Quick, quicker than Berry Tomorrow. Because Berry Tomorrow have been around for a, a long time now. And I think they could have potentially reached it quicker than Berry Tomorrow. However, with this album they've obviously gone in quite a, a different offshoot here. And to get into the meat and balance, whether I actually like this album, I do think it's a good album, but that's where my, that's where my enjoyment ends. I, I think it's a good album. One of the positives about having Cody as the lead in terms of vocally is a song called Me Against Myself. I think it's the best song on the album and they couldn't have done that song two albums ago or even oh. one album ago to give Cody the lead completely. They weren't doing that really. You know, they did the Occasionally they did, but you really get a sense when you listen to Me Against Myself, that's Cody's song. And that is a really, really amazing anthemic, huge chorus. Really catchy. I really like Cody on Who I Am as well, the album opener. Yeah. And Prison. That's a really, yep. that's a really beautiful, melodic, punchy There are some one, really fucking powerful, there is. impressive songs on here. But where, where the album quickly starts petering off is when we're getting to like Hurt and The Line and even Fury, which is actually entirely Britain. It's entirely his song. Fury, Cody doesn't do any, does, apart from rhythm guitar, of course. Vocally, he plays no part. But even Fury, I'm just a bit like, oh, this is a bit bland. And oh, for me, Rage War are at their their best when uh, it's low isn't the best song on this album. But when they're doing what they do on low, where it, it's a it's a fifty fifty because Cody in in smaller doses when it's Britain. For the entirety of the verse, and then Cody drops into the chorus. He makes it sound all that more big because it's like horror. It's like horror films, yeah. It's the absence of violence which makes the violence yes. seem so great. Absolutely. So when Cody is is drip fed to you and then given to you massively in the chorus, it sounds huge. When we when we watch them support of mice and men, Cody is phenomenal live. He's literally pitch perfect. It's astonishing how how well yeah, the uh, the music translates live. When we watched them, support of Mosman was saying the exact same thing. Man, choruses sound absolutely massive with him, and there's not enough of that on this album for me. There's a lot of good, catchy songs, nice, clean, melodic choruses, but in terms of 
absolute bangers, metal bangers outside of Low, I think this album struggles a bit. And this is a good record. And I don't begrudge Rage War for going in this direction. It's important to try something different because at the end of the day, when you go back through a Rage War's at the moment short discography, you listen to The River, how many better songs could Rage War have wrote in the style of The River than The River? <laughs> and that, that sounds like a strange way of, of put the words together there. But I don't think Rage War could have wrote a better song than The River. That's its, a fair point. At it, that time it, in their it, career. In its style. And that's pretty much what, what Deadweight was. Deadweight was a follow-up to Blueprints um, that chucked in some great songs like Don't Let Me Fade Away, uh, I Love Gravity, I Love Disdain. But it was just Blueprints 2.0. This is a completely new element of Wage War. My biggest concern is, just like you were saying, is that by album four, this band are Beartooth because they've lost a fair piece of their, of their individuality here. So what needs to happen from now into the next album, in terms of me as a fan of Wage War, I want to see something completely different and a new element brought in, whether that's fucking about with techno since, whether that's maybe making it 70-30 in terms of Britain doing the vocals, whatever it would be, it needs to be something because something completely different, because if they do Pressure 2.0, then they just become a band that are bland and better 2.0, and I don't want to see that for Wage War, because I think they're so much better than that. I think they're a much, much better band than Beartooth. Um, I like this album. It's a good album. There are some great choruses on there. There are some songs which could, which could really spread to the masses. I really think Me Against Myself could be enjoyed by anyone of any kind of music fandom, from pop to metal. I think you could enjoy that song. Other than that, this is just a good album. that have tried something different, and hopefully it's a stepping stone in towards a move that takes them to the next level. I completely agree with you there. I I just think it felt a little bit as well like your turn, my turn. Yeah. Like, you know, here's the soft vocalist song, here's the heavy vocalist song. Yeah, and I, then... guess, I guess it is difficult to avoid that when there's two vocalists. It, it is, it is, it is, but it doesn't, al- it doesn't always have to be that way. And they've written songs that aren't that way. And they've written albums that have not necessarily felt like that. Um... I, I, I wholeheartedly um, concur with you. I think that it's a good album. I think it's really solid. It sounds really good. Um, I don't think it's going to change the world. I don't. <laughs> I don't think it's going to really move the pendulum for what for what they're going to do because it does just sound. Um, it's just a big, um, hard hitting at times, big chorus sort of album, and that's and that's all it is. It, it just sounds like everyone else's attempt to make that album. So it, it's good, it's good, but I, I, I agree with you that this this repeated for the next two albums would would be a death knock because it's boring after that point. So something that won't be boring and certainly isn't boring, Sam, is the, yes. new, is the new Tool album. Yes. It's called Fear Inoculum. It is their first album in 13 years. What I will say before we get even get into the review here is that this felt like a real event in alternative music, much like, yes. if not more than, the new Slipknot album. I would say I would say more than, all things considered. I, I really would. Because Tool are a real, real interesting concept in alternative music. Even for someone like me, who had never listened to them before they started appearing on streaming services a few weeks ago, I thought about Tool as a band that was like, you really have to go out of your way to be a fan of Tool. You have to go and, and buy the CDs, buy the vinyls, listen to a stream on, on YouTube. And that's so unlike music in this day and age, isn't it? Yes. And when I was... I, I, I literally, I've only listened to this album once and I finished listening to it about five minutes before we started recording. So, <laughs> Okay. My, my views are, are, of course, very fresh. And what I wanted to do, pretty much I had no choice but to do it like that because I, I decided 
from the second I knew the tour were doing an album this year, I decided that when we reviewed it, I would listen to it once in its entirety. Uh, with no breaks, no nothing, no, nothing going on in the background for me. Literally just listen to this album in its entirety without a single distraction. I kind of did that when I listened to Lateralis, which I I came to you and I said, I get it. I can see why they are so adored in progressive music. I was like, it's a bit long in the tooth for me. It's difficult for me to really pay attention for that long. But I remember saying, like, the shorter songs, like Parable, I remember I really loved that one. And there was a song, there was actually one of the longer songs on there that I really loved. I think it was called Reflection. Mm. It was, like, nearly 12 minutes, but I, I still, like, I really got into it because I could appreciate what was going on. And they are an enigma. Massively. So, when we're here now, and it's 13 years since the last Tool album, it does feel like a real event in in alternative music. And this time it's on streaming platforms. So I'm sitting down to listen to this album, and I'm thinking, I've got no idea what to expect when I press play here. Like, literally zero. I've got no idea what they're going to do. I didn't listen, because Fear Inoculum, the actual album title, the title track was actually released a few weeks ago, but I specifically chose not to listen to it because I wanted to hear it as an artwork in its full form. Yes. So I sat down here, Sam, pressing play with absolutely <laughs> zero idea what to expect. And that's, this the is fir- that's the first time I've been able to say that in the time that we've been doing this podcast. A- apart from I knew there was going to be a lot of thematical ideas and a million time signature, change- time signature changes. Outside of that, I had no idea what to expect when I pressed play. And it's the first time since we've been doing this specific podcast, that I've ever felt like that. And I, I really enjoyed having that feeling of, like, the complete unknown. You're the big Tool fan. I've got to start with you. Fear Inoculum. Uh, actually, before that, what's your favourite Tool album? Before before we get into Lateralis this? is my favourite Tool album. Lateralis is your favourite Tool Right, okay. So, do you see direct links? Yes. Do you prefer this to Lateralis? No, but it's very close. Right, okay. Uh, take it away, man. I think this is a masterpiece. Um, I, I, this is this is astonishing. Uh, for, now, now, I'm going to preface this because I, I've already read um, countless um, disparaging reviews from people that have just gone in there wondering why people think that Tool are, are really big and famous when they don't sound like fucking Metallica or Slipknot. Um, Tool are... Firstly, in and of themselves, a completely independent sound that write songs in their own way, in their own style, shrouded in secrecy and presented with three or four musicians that each play their instrument in a way that I have never heard. Like, I have never heard someone play drums like Dan Carey, and we'll get to that in a little bit. We'll never hear, hear someone play bass and someone play guitar, like some of the actual um, melodies on this and that the patience they build this with. I I think this is astonishing. Um, this has to be treated um, in the same way that you would look at a painting and over a period of time, colours start appearing and, and characters start appearing and... You need to look at this in the same way that people watch Shakespeare plays, where they're like, no, 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 I'll keep watching, and then you have to think about this and and that sort of thing. Um, this is the most like layered and textual of Tool's albums uh, in terms of the way that the songs are written. But every every hit of a drumstick here, every note has been, you can tell, has been laboured upon um, to put together every little atmospheric shift and leap and slow change where the 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 song the song melds from one thing into another and fades into a different motif that's actually been there in the background you just didn't realize until the time um this album for a start needs to be listened to i think a couple of times and and, and several times to to really absorb and i think i've listened to it two or three times now and i haven't i don't feel i've probably absorbed it yet i don't feel that because I think the further on goes, I read a review that says the songs engulf you. And I think that's absolutely true. Um, you are swallowed by Tool. This is massive as a collection of sounds. Um, this should not be held 
in the same standards when you look at any other metal band and any other metal album. I'm not looking for for heaviness and breakdowns and things like that. I'm just looking for how it how it makes me feel, how it makes me think. Um, and I think this is some of the most impressive songwriting um, in terms of detail and precision and creativity I've heard in a very 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 long time. It's it do it lacks the the classic things that i think we as reviewers and we as metal fans cling on to um and i think it takes a certain type of fan to enjoy it it's i think the lack of structure is thrilling in the same way that a quentin tarantino film lacks traditional structure and dialogue and it makes the audience guess and that is a thrill for the audience I think it's rewarding in that aspect in the way that it doesn't give you the 4-4, the chorus-verse monotony. I think this is absolutely marvellous, and I think this is some of the best collection of, of musicianship, I've, especially from a bass and drums aspect, that I've ever heard. I think it's one of the most thoughtful albums um, I've ever heard. And for Tool to, to spend 13 years away and come in 22 decades, nearly two decades into the 21st century and come out with something that simultaneously sounds like a classic Tool record and also sounds good enough to be released in 2019, I think is, I think is astonishing. I, I do. This is a renaissance painting of an album. I think it's, I think it's beautiful. I 100% agree that I would need to listen to this album a few times to get everything because there's so much going on here that to pick apart this album in one listening would be an astronomical task for me, especially as someone who's not a Tool fan. And I don't mean not a Tool fan in the sense of I don't like Tool. It's just that I've had such a short amount of space to get into Tool because yeah, of course, they, they, of course. Weren't, they weren't on streaming services before two weeks ago. You're, like a bi- you're like, almost like a Tool bystander, aren't you? Yeah. Do you know like, what I mean? I've always been one that has appreciated, I bet they're great. Because so many music journalists that I respect and people's opinion that I respect absolutely love them. Could have checked them out to download, but I was like, fuck that, I'm seeing Slayer's last ever show. Fair play. So, this, apart from when I was listening to Lateralis a few weeks ago, this is really my first proper dive into Tool. And what I will say is this album builds atmosphere like I've never heard in an album ever before in my entire life. Like, the first two songs in this album are like 22 minutes long altogether. Yeah, that's and right. When Numa started, I was I was just sitting in my room, just just with my beat on listening to it, and the the way that it it's like almost like cowbell drumming from Danny Carey that just yeah builds up this really like opaque and like virtuoso of a sound that I was. I was like kind of engulfed by, like you said, I, I found myself so entrenched in the atmosphere of the album that everything else almost became kind of secondary. Like mainline James Keenan, who's the vocalist, doesn't really. Yeah, he's play. Not, he's not the focus. Of yeah, this he album doesn't really play much of a part in this album. Uh, can that can the same be said for Tool's discography? That mainline James Keenan pretty much just comes in and out. Yeah, I think so. I think he the vocalist plays a complementary part to the music but i think they all do i think that's i think that's the beauty of tool is that it doesn't follow our expectations of what a song should sound like and neither do the roles it's actually quite astonishing that a band like tool can be so steadfast on their absolute determination to sound unlike anything you've ever heard and were 26 years removed from their first album yeah, it sounds exactly like Tool. And I can tell you right now, I've never heard anything that sounds like Fear Inoculum. It is completely unique. Now, I am far from an expert on post-rock, and maybe there there would be someone that could say, oh, no, actually, this band sounds a bit like Tool, and this prog band, you know, you can find some some kind of match there. But... For me, I've never heard anything that sounds like this. And I really enjoyed listening to this. This is 90 minutes, so it's massively long in the tooth. And, you know, for me, who's not really big on prog, it was somewhat of an effort (laughs) to sit through all of it. However, there are moments where it's been, like you said, so perfectly put together and so agonised over that... 
the slow build build-ups and there is one on i believe it's called uh culling voices yeah if i remember correctly there is one where that's my favorite song on the album by the, the way the song has literally been borderline deadly silent for like six minutes there's just like a, like a flickering interesting background and then bang a quick riff comes in and the entirety of the song is built up and you can just imagine that they're playing this at festivals and the the, sta- the stage is pitch black until that riff comes in and then all the lights come on. Mm. And that Don't is... you dare point that thing at me line that's just getting louder yeah, and yeah. louder and louder. Yeah, you see, you get it, man. Like, and that, like, it's an aura of itself. This is a, a real, you know, this is like, like a renaissance. This is like... Um, I'm trying to like think of the right kind of artistic description of, of this album, but it, it's so difficult, and that, that is 100% intentionally the case from Tool. Yeah, they don't make their music specifically easy to listen to on purpose because when you go in there to pick apart the bones, if you sit quietly in the room and listen to this, you'll hear just a shopping list of instrumental time changes and just things mm. going on in general i do yeah. really like a uh, tempest yeah i think it's got like a seven at the start but i refuse to call it seven empist so uh, mm. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna assume they meant it was to be tempest i do i do really like tempest. That, that actually starts with a like quite a heavy riff it's like 16 yeah. minutes long so it doesn't maintain that for the entirety of the song but what i want to do now is just go straight to and talk about danny carey with you this is the drum performance of the decade. This yeah. is a, this is this is fu- yeah, dude. This is fucking astonishing. Like, you're the drummer, like like I've said on several episodes before. It, this, it's this, important this, that you take the reins and talk about the drumming. I, I I also thought it was astonishing, but I'll let you go into detail. This is this is like if Chris Adler was playing in seven four for like ninety five minutes. This is astonishing, astonishing. The drums at the end of Invincible. Where he's yeah. doing those, those triplets and those flams that are increasing and decreasing. The bits at the end of Culling Voices, that chocolate chip trip, which I found out today was one take. Oh my god, that's amazing! Like he just goes into the studio, they put the synth track on, and he does that. Uh, the 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 thing about Danny Carey is when he needs to be quiet, when he needs to be subtle, he's beautifully subtle. He doesn't overexert himself. When he when he needs to mesh with the bass, he meshes with the bass perfectly, and they've got a connection that I have never heard elsewhere. The the bass and the drums here, the tribal like polyrhythmic sort of triplet thing that they constantly do in the background of of Tool that allows the guitarist to sort of flit in and out. I think he's absolutely sensational. This is perfect drumming in a loose creative sense in the way that he's able to flow with the fills and play this this is this is art this is art as as a drummer honestly this is incredible uh, how fluid he is how creative he is how tom centered it is how how perfectly it meshes the music but at the same time it doesn't feel anything every fill it feels is just slightly different than the one before the same with the guitar lines and that meshes beautifully together honestly this is it's impossible, I think, at times to make drums sound atmospheric. Like, because they're drums, they're staccato, they have one sound, you don't get pedals. It's it's impossible, but he has made drums sound incredibly textured and layered. And the way that it echoes and, and fits in the gaps, but also leaves those gaps as well for the right times. I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't speak. This is, this is the, the best drumming performance I, I, I have heard in years years um this is up this is up there for me and even for even for danny carey who is exceptional on every tool album he just is uh this is particularly incredible i think this is performances here um yeah this is um as musicianship this is astonishing absolutely astonishing is this the kind of album that you think if you listen to a few more times it could potentially overtake lateral or or do you see quite sparse differences between mm. the two i think it's really hard to say it's really hard to say um because <sighs> lateralis has that that historical edge that you know this is great and all that sort of stuff and that sort of subconsciously flits in uh, but there's there's an absolute massive chance that i could listen to this and keep listening to this and decide that this is their best album ever by 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 quite easily 
Um, but I think thing is with Tool, I could listen to Anemia four or five times and be like, nah, it's this one. And then I could listen to Lateralis three or four times, like, nah, it's this one. And the only one that I'm confident is that it isn't is 10,000 Days. And not because it's a bad album, just because I just don't think it's as good. Um, but I think I think this is a collective. Even the thing is, we're tall of like there before. There were some transitional songs on Lateralis that I thought, eh, I can I could live without this. I think even the transitions here are, are very important. Like uh, Litany Contra Le Pur, that the way that fits into Invincible, I think is I think is phenomenal. And Chocolate Chocolate Chip Trip, obviously from, from a drummer's perspective, is absolutely incredible. I think the the highlights here um, from Numa, Invincible, uh, Culling Voices, and Descending as songs, I think are my my highlights. I just think that they're astonishing. I've never heard. I've never heard a vocalist like James uh, Maynard James Keane either, who never screams and is yet chillingly powerful. Yeah. And never sings in a low register and is still clear cut. And his pronunciation of words and the way that his vocals like echo and cut and, and meld beautifully. This tool, 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 tool are like nobody else. And if you don't like prog metal or you don't like that sort of thing, I get it. You're gonna sit here and think, man, this is this takes the piss a bit. Um, but you have to you have to go in there and I don't know, man. Like this, once you get into this, once this in, once this swallows you up or lets you in, it's like walking through like a gateway of 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 texture and music. Um, this is this is gorgeous. I think this is beautifully put together and, and i think this is going to be continually rewarding for me for the next uh for the next few months for a band to be like nearing the third decade in music and to come out with an album that's arguably the best pretty much sums up everything you need to say about this album doesn't it yeah i, th- I think so and they if even if say this right because of the, the the streaming and stuff they say this is number one next week and say that um, a couple of the singles are at like top of the streaming lists and then they do a tour and that sells out and they do 12 dates or something they do a proper tour and they all sell out within 30 minutes tool would still disappear for 15 years and it wouldn't yeah, make a would. fucking difference yeah yeah like, they, would, they wouldn't give an absolute they wouldn't give a shit absolutely they would sit at home and just i don't know i don't know what the fuck they've done for the last 12 years uh, but they would, they would go back and do that and well and, i think my not james keenan is in a perfect circle Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Um, but I don't know what the other lads do. Um, I just sort of sit around and wait for a phone call. Um, but that this wouldn't affect them at all. And when they started writing, they would bring all the stuff together when the time was right. If this needed another 10 years, we'd be reviewing the next, this Tool album in 2029. Like that, that's just that's who they are. Um, and I really and I really respect that. So in answer to your question originally, the fact that they're in their third decade and still writing stuff like this. Um, it's not like they've had a third a third decade like every other band has had a third decade. They're not on their seventeenth album, or they're not on album ten plus a live album plus a best of that most bands are by their third decade. This is like album number five in thirty years, you know. So it tell it just tells me that they're they're working on creating something that is absolutely perfect every single time because they've created that reputation for themselves now Tool are wrapped in this notoriety and mystery and stuff and even now they've brought out like a deluxe version of this album and it on like vinyl and they've had to include like extra vinyls because the album's too big and they've created like really random mediums for it like there's like this video version of the album video in 2019 um <laughs> like video cassette like it's mental who's buying that um but that's who they are um but i think i think musically this is this is mental like this is this is brilliant uh, as a as a concoction of songwriting as a blend of atmosphere as a construct i i, I just feel like i'm 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 listening to it's like if Salvador Dali was into music. Do you know what I mean? It's like an abstract painting. And like every five minutes or so, you're like you're staring at it. You're like, oh shit, that was there. And 
that's actually going on there. And then you listen to the song again and every riff sounds different. And it's, they're, they're tall. They're, 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 whatever they're doing, they're masters of it. I think this is exceptional. There's not many legacy bands uh, in the history of music that you can be 100% certain that they will still be relevant in some way in 50 years. Uh, Black Sabbath, Metallica, Iron Maiden, ACDC, Led Zeppelin. You see where I'm going with this? Yes. Think Tool are in that category, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, because of those bands you mentioned, they've all achieved the same thing, I think. Uh, they've all achieved three iconic metal albums in their first five albums, at least, right? So you take Metallica's first five, that's Kill 'em All to Black Album. I mean, that's a run, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that's pretty decent. But Maiden's first five goes from their first two, and then Number of the Beast, and then Power Slave, and Fear of the Dark. So that, that's pretty fucking solid as well. Sabbath, uh, their first five runs from their very first album all the way through to sort of volume four and Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, there's iconic songs in each one. And Tool, first five, um, Anemia Lateralis in this one. Iconic albums, I think. I know. We'll, we'll, we'll look back and see Fear Inoculum in the same breath. I really, really do. Um, yeah, I, 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 think that, I think they're up there. I think they've released some incredible material. Same with Slipknot, by the way. Um, yeah, yeah album, five, five, five albums of which three are, are completely iconic. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. I think the thing is, like, I think at all is that you could be someone that yourself isn't really interested in them and talking to someone that isn't really interested in them, but you'd feel compelled to sit them down and have them listen to it just yeah. so they've listened to it. Yeah, it, like, I, I personally feel that I really enjoyed the experience of listening to this album, and that's what Tool are. They're an experience. They're, they're not really a band, are they? They're not. No. They're, it's astonishing that Tool spread to the masses the way that they did, because they are... They're not niche, but they are so difficult to explain why they're brilliant. If you don't get it, you just don't get it. I personally will not be taking my experience of Fear Inoculum and listening to Tool on a regular basis because prog music isn't something that I massively enjoy. What I can say is I can 100% appreciate that this is fine art. This is 90 minutes of a musical theatre. An experience that you will not find in literally any other band. There's nothing that sounds like this. It's a, it's a really special work of art. Um, and when, when I said that they're in they're nearing the third decade and they're still putting out one of their best albums, and you said, well, you know, in fairness, they've only released five albums. In some way that in some ways that makes it uh, more difficult, right? Because thirteen years people have been waiting for this. And there are like tool diehards that like there's the running joke on the internet, right? That if you take the piss out of tool, depending on which space you're in, you could be dead in the next by the time the next song finishes. <laughs> like, yeah. like there there are tool absolute diehards that that are that would be lathering over the idea of a new 90 minute tour record that it could potentially massively not meet their expectations, but it is. A special album ex uh, listening experience, which I've never felt anywhere else. I'm not massive on prog, but I can tell you right now, this is a this is a special album that I really enjoyed listening to. I would need to listen to it a few more times to really appreciate it. But what I like that I've done is it literally finished playing in my ears about 40 minutes ago, and now we're on here talking about it. So I, a, a lot of the things are still fresh in my mind. Man, not James Keenan on this is minimal yet excellent. He's spine-tingling at times, I find. When he, when he holds notes, there's a power, there's like a there's a chill to his voice, yeah. I think. Uh, I'd, I'd never hear that in metal, really, apart yeah, from like no. er, early Corey Taylor, where it's like, that sinister level. I, I, I've never known a vocalist play such a minimalistic yet important part to a band's sound. I'm curious, I've never seen a live video of them, 
and I didn't see them at Download. I'm curious what he does <laughs> for most of the songs. Yeah, on he stage. Um, there's a lot of him standing at the back. Oh like, right, okay. He's not. They're not a pump up the crowd band. I don't know if you probably would have guessed that. Yeah. Um, he's not like jumping in the crowd and put his hand to his ear. You know, come on, Leeds. You know this one. <laughs> you know, he's not. He's not doing that. Um, there is a lot of him sort of standing at the back, sort of both hands on a microphone, doing his bit, and then like the lights go on back on the instruments, and they're all doing their thing. Right. Okay. I get it. Right. Because I'd never seen a live video of them, so. That actually explains it pretty well. But um, for this, I think it goes the same for you. This is going to be uh, in discussion for album of the year when we do when we do that at the end of the year. Yes. Yeah, I think that's safe to say. And that's pretty much the most you could have hoped for for an album that's 13 years post predecessor. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, at the very least, and you, I'm sure you'll agree, um, if you're a Tool fan, this was worth the wait, right? Oh, my God. If you're a Tool fan, for me, listening to it as not a Tool fan... If you're a Tool fan, this is... You would have been happy to wait another 13 years if it sounds as good as this. This is every Tool fan's dream, I yeah. assume. And I think that, yeah, I th- and I think that's I think that's worth mentioning because it's, 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 it's one of those things where it's like you, you might not be into it, but you can appreciate it. But if you are into this, oh, my fucking God, listen to it as often as you can. So that was our reviews on the new Wage War and Tool albums. That was uh, an interesting little... Uh, piece of debate there i've got to say i wasn't expecting us to, to talk for nearly uh 53 minutes about tool and wage war but there you go we talk shit for a long time it turns out i mean you could talk for 53 <laughs> minutes about pretty much anything i reckon yeah, i guess so we should try that one day <laughs> on next week's episode of noise podcast we are going to be definitely doing being as an ocean and leave it with me for the next album review we will be... Well, I'm going to be posting this on... I think I'm going to be posting this on Tuesday. So we're back at normal time. Because I had to post last week's episode on Wednesday. Because I was in Dublin for two days. So, if you are yet to subscribe to us on YouTube, you could do that. And that would be absolutely amazing. Other than that, give the Facebook a like, Noise UK. And at Twitter, we're at, no, at Noise UK as well. We are going to be back in seven days. We'll be reviewing the album of Being as an Ocean. Can't wait to discuss that one with Sam, as well as whatever else I happen to choose. We love you. We'll see you in a week. Bye.